Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Henry and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 68 of the No Encore Music Podcast. We're back in the studio once again. It's very, very warm and I'm not really happy about it, guys. You're wearing John Cena's shorts. Though, I'm actually not. I'm wearing my football shorts, but I have my John Cena shorts as well for later on when we hit the town. Yeah, you've brought Your two pairs of shorts and no pants. I've explained this off mic and it was laborious and difficult. Anyone and that has fancy shorts, I mean... They're not fancy. <laughs> they're quite the opposite of fancy. They're, even- they're your evening pants. I'm not happy about it, okay? It's all I got. By the way, am I on? Am I... Am I, you, can um, people hear me? How did you feel last week when that happened? I felt quite relieved, to be honest. <laughs> I was just like, yes, every stupid thing I said has been cancelled out. But it no. just sounded like you were Skyping in, though, which is great. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It kind of gave me a, I don't know, a bit of a or quality like that I thought lended credibility almost. It just sounded like you were in the cupboard in the corner, <laughs> really. I would like to put a vocal effect on your vo- on your voice going forward at least once an okay. episode. Can I have like a Julian Casablanca's kind of singing through a phone line? Reverby. First two albums. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Why not? We can work on the that. entire episode. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what we've been up to, lads? Not a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. That's right. Yeah. That's it's summer. <laughs> it's summer. It was you know Independence Day. I assume that's a Ooh. big deal for you, Colm. I don't know why, but well, you the just hot seem dog like contest at the very least, which <laughs> okay. I know Dave does not like. I really don't want this on my podcast. Ten time champion Joey Chestnut. He's an American <laughs> hero. Joey Dave. Chestnut. Really not. I'm not in the mood. Uh, <laughs> however, I was in the mood the other day when I wasn't feeling great, and I was also procrastinating about writing up that Heim album review, which actually turned out pretty handy in the end. I thought, and I decided, you know what? It's time. 
It's time to make a Spotify playlist slash actual list of my top 10 favourite songs of all time. This is, like, to me, this sounds like suicide in terms of just, like, difficult things that you're almost going to regret the second you publish them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm very upset about a couple of songs that haven't made the list because... Have you done this before? It seems like something you would have done, but maybe not because it's such a difficult thing to do. I never put it out there. Oh. And I did this time. You do love a list. I love a list. It's it's strange as well for a man, like, he rarely goes on holidays because holidays are usually a great (laughs) excuse to make lists. Just shaming If me you're there. loving life, every day's a holiday, yeah? Shaming my... Yeah. So we've shamed my dress sense, my lack of holiday time. What's next? Come on. Well, let's hit your choice. Let's have the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because Colm's going to love this, like, by the way. Okay, let's have some music, please. Right. Now, okay, so basically what happened was I decided to go... Okay, I decided to just ruin productivity for everybody who follows my Twitter account. At Hanrody Dave, by the way, if you're interested. And I put up the list on Twitter, and I was like, here we go. I spent the last couple of days racked with internal conflict about what I should go with. And I went with the following. Now, I'm going to go in alphabetical order, and I know that you guys have a problem with this. Can you explain why? I feel like if you're doing a top ten, you have to put them in like order of preference. That would have taken a lot longer, and I wanted to just move on <laughs> with, <laughs> so, your life. with my life. Yeah. <laughs> so in alphabetical order, although I do have a definitive number one, and that's what you can hear underneath this while I talk. So, can I also say... <laughs> In terms of just, like, alphabetizing this kind of stuff, in terms of, like, sur- surnames and forenames having precedence in... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Colm, did that you, jump out you? you think Kanye well, should be, like, well, nine Oh, you're spoiling. <laughs> yes, I, I just... Uh, oh, Kanye should be at the bottom because it's yeah, West. Well, of course. Yeah. No, no, you shouldn't. I'm not quite at the bottom, but, you know. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, look. Yeah, Kanye West is in there. That's right. <laughs> Black Skinhead by Kanye West is in there. Of course it is. It's amazing. But I'm going to go in alphabetical order. Okay. Up first, A Perfect Circle and Three Libras. A Perfect Circle, of course. The spin-off band from Tool, led by mm. Maynard James Keenan. Three Libras was a song I heard off their debut album, Merida Gnomes, back when I was in school. And it's one of the most beautiful it, songs I've ever it's heard. It's a gorgeous song. It's about as close as Maynard ever got to kind of being a bit like Eddie Vedder, but it's lovely. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Cullen wants this list to go fast, but well, it's not <laughs> happening, man. It's my top ten. So, up next, American Head Charge, and just so you know, that's right, a song from the new metal era, and in my opinion, a song that outgrew that era, and is absolutely fabulous, one of the best choruses I've ever heard. I fucking love this song, I'll fight for it every day you of my life. should have gone with End Together now, but anyway, that's Limp Bizkit Bizkit, yeah. and Mad the Mag. Uh, in at number three, uh, in terms of alphabetical order, but not the order of the list, is Jane Doe by Converge, which is what you can hear screaming away in the background there. Uh, Eleven and a half minutes of pure aggression and wondrous beauty I love it it could soundtrack the end of the world itself but I hope it doesn't uh, Yezu are up next with Silver which is fucking stunning off their uh, EP of the same name 2006 incredible one of the greatest lifts I've ever heard towards the end I'm scared to interject but I really like this song that's, uh, that's just my interjection interject all, all, all you want man Kanye West Black Skinhead the aforementioned just picking one Kanye track was very difficult at one point Say You Will was in there then Street Lights but I went on Black Skinhead because I think it's the best song by anybody of the last four years and this is my favourite. These are my favourite songs. I'm not saying these are the best songs. So just, you know, put, you know, don't, don't at me. Uh, Mogwai, Auto Rock, which closes Michael Mann's much derided Miami voice. And I think it's an incredible piece of work. You do realise you just, just don't at me after plugging your Twitter at the top of the segment. I'm a contradiction. <laughs> my Bloody Valentine, sometimes, off Loveless. One of the greatest albums, if not the greatest Irish album of all time. Mm. Uh, Smash Pumpkins, Tonight Tonight, also in there. Wolf Parade, I'll Believe in Anything, a song that I fall in love with a little bit more each time I hear it. And finally, Woo Life, The Departed Woo Life and Heavy Pop. All of these songs are quite uh, cinematic and angsty as fuck. And yeah, I don't know. It's a good list. It's interesting that your your top five also happened to be the five that came at the second half alphabetically in the way you did it. 
it's not. Just not that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Look, it totally works. It's flawed. Uh, I, I very much like the list, though. It's, a it's good strong. T- although I'm really songs. upset that Nine Inch Nails aren't in there. I'm really upset that Milk Lizard by the Dillinger Escape Plan isn't in there. I'm also very upset that Maps by Yeahs isn't yeah, in there. There was a ton fun. of stuff after the fact, and even during while I was doing it. The honourable mentions is too long to get into. However, what I will say is, I'm setting you guys a challenge next week. Craig, week after Cullum, I want your ten. Okay, All right. cool. Let's do it. Okay, into it. Let's talk about some new music, though. Let's and uh, Jay Z's uh, four forty four. We'll be talking about it later on in the show, of course. But it has been causing massive waves since it dropped, uh, predictably on title. Yeah, um, is, that, <laughs> is that fun? Was it? No, it was a pun. Did you mean it? I, I don't even know that I punned. Waves. All oh, right. Title. Okay. There you go. All right. Oh god. Yeah. There's also a Kanye West Sorry, thing it's... we could work into that. But yeah, so it's it's exclusive to title sure. and also Sprint customers. Yeah. Uh, but it's gone like humongous in terms of sales. We'll get. We'll talk about that in a second. But firstly, I mean, in terms of artists that signed up to title, you know, and he got some big names there to kind of back this when it first launched. None more so than Kanye West, his old buddy, who uh, probably due to this very album and some of the digs on it, has um, terminated his contract with the music streaming service. So there'll be no more kind of the life of Pablo, any of that kind of stuff yeah. on title. Um, it seems like this kind of it like it seemed like they're kind of getting back to a kind of mutual place of mutual understanding, and then, I mean, there's some awful lines on the J record I think about Kanye and his kind of situation in the last six months or so, and it's kind of seems like it makes sense that he would terminate this title thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't know what what's actually going on off mic, so to speak, you know. Oh, it could be a wrestling a lot- kind of well, just... Been, well, <laughs> I'll put it this way, there's certainly probably been a lot more meaningful dialogue going on than the sort of three lines of Jay-Z that we've had to latch on I'm not so sure, man, he wouldn't call him. Uh, he wouldn't answer the phone. They've also obviously threatened to sue Kanye if he does uh, try to walk away. So, you know, that has an impact in its own right. Yeah, well, there's a reference on the album to a $20 million loan, which is just the same Pablo tour, which probably made it back within three dates. So I don't really see that as... It wasn't like I gave you a gift. It's like, no, I'm just a partner in this tour that maybe you're doing. It's, maybe it's when he absolutely tears him a new arsehole on stage during said tour. That like, loan seems a bit, oh, shit. But didn't it, doesn't it seem now like that? He, the reason for Kanye doing that was that he was having massive mental health problems and Jay-Z was putting pressure on him to complete the tour? Isn't that what was... That seems to be the suggestions coming out from the likes of TMZ. I like how you're uh, <laughs> protecting yourself <laughs> there. Protecting yourself there legally, I like that. Uh, yeah, uh, it's rap beefs have changed, haven't they? I know, yeah. I mean, there's oh, very yeah. few guns in this story. Good. That's a, that, <laughs> it's that, good. It's very a positive good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm happy about that, you know. But yeah, the latest is that um, no one has officially commented on the situation, but apparently, <laughs> allegedly, Kanye West lawyers are about to... Uh, Allegedly, lawyer up. Me. <laughs> <laughs> his, his lawyers are lawyering big, up. Big talk, Dave. Big talk. <laughs> Kanye West lawyers are allegedly lawyering up. Oh, in the second half of this story, which is, I think, a safer ground. Although it might still be a bit. This is not safer ground. Yeah, it's at all. <laughs> goes platinum again, and it's totally legit. I swear. Well, okay. I read a BBC report today in preparation, so mm-hmm. I can drop in the British Broadcasting Corporation. You on that. Yeah. So we all saw the photo on Twitter and other services, like you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, him of actually with the platinum, taking thing. a leaf out of Young Father's book in the old award recognition <laughs> yeah. posing category. It's him with his kind of platinum thing. He meaning he sold, he sold a million in the States. Or the equivalent. I would say. He looks more yeah. confused than anything. He do, yeah, he doesn't look happy to be there. The BBC reported that Variety reported <laughs> that the photograph <laughs> right. that the photograph was taken before 
the album had actually come out. Right. So the suggestion was, well, hold on, this seems like a pre-prepared thing. Yada, yada, how could they have known? And it turns out, according to the BBC, <laughs> that Sprint paid for all of the albums. Yeah, so basically what happened <clears throat> is that you needed a code. If you weren't a Sprint customer, yeah. but you were a tid- on title. Do you know what the code was? One to get to it is Sprint. 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 <laughs> yeah. And basically when you put in that code, it downloaded the album rather than streamed it. And obviously a download counts as a sale rather than a stream, which yeah. I think is something like one ten thousandth of a sale. You're losing however. me. It, it's 1,500 um, listens. It is 1,500, yeah. right, yeah. So anyway... Rather than that, it counted as a download, so it was just like an album sale, and because that code was used a million times, as it was always going to be, yeah, it went platinum. And the BBC kind of made the point that they shelled out probably less than it would have cost to do a commercial for this on, say, the Super Bowl. Really good publicity, and they spent a couple of million on it. And that's where it is. But it kind of shows where Jay-Z's at, no? But In terms of, of, oh, I'm gone platinum again. Well, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll get to it. Look, we'll get to it again. I mean, he pulled much this to Craig's four years Much ago. to Craig's chagrin, I just want to say, before we get to the album review, Craig was at me last Friday night over a couple of years yeah. and you were like we're not doing that album we're not we're like he's irrelevant I'm not doing that <laughs> album we're doing the album sorry yeah, Colin of course we are um, <laughs> he, he, he pulled a stunt four years ago with, with Magna Carta Holy Grail where he put it on I think it was Samsung yes and automatic downloads there and so on and so forth and indeed like he must have even been lobbying because that was around the time that streaming sales for platinum albums yeah, actually yeah, changed very much so. how long uh, it can take for uh, an album to be certified platinum so clearly it's a big deal to Jay-Z this whole business it is, yeah. Um, whether the album is a big deal or not, we shall be discussing a little later in the show. We shall. Um, Ed Sheeran has pulled a Dave. <laughs> Explain what that means. Except not quite. Well, it means a lot of different things at different <laughs> times. Maybe he's wearing shorts. Uh, maybe he's brought a separate pair of shorts to go out in later. No, it means that on this <laughs> occasion, <laughs> Ed Sheeran uh, says he's quit Twitter. Um, it seems to be bullying from Lady Gaga fans, which is behind this, which is not the reason that you quit Twitter, Dave. It was, to actually, to be fair. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm ready to talk cl- about it, okay? <laughs> the little monsters. They came after me. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, that was <laughs> sexy. Um, yeah, so it seems like he hasn't actually quit Twitter, but he's just not going to look at it any time, and it's going to act as like a feed for his Instagram. Which he's or, doing a Dave, yeah. And there, was, there was a thing On also a Twitter, I'm not where really. Lady Gaga came to his defense and posted a message where it was just like, basically said, stop being horrible about him, and it was kind of like... Yeah, okay, look, something I never thought I would say, but in Ed Sheeran's defense, to be fair, this is a great example, and we had the same thing with Kanye West when he had mental health problems and it was publicized. There's a degree here of like, oh, listen, we all need to look after each other, and we're all so progressive, and mental health is so important, but fuck Ed Sheeran, because I don't (laughs) like him. Sorry, I don't like Ed Sheeran's music, but like at the same time, come on. Like, I mean, like, I don't agree with people being like, ha ha, I got ran off Twitter, what a prick. It's just Mm. like, if he felt actually genuinely kind of targeted and, you know, assaulted or whatever... I think it's fair game for him to quit Twitter or at yeah. least voice these concerns. And again, I mean, think about your average celebrity and how if they check their mentions, which I find this is the impossible. Thing. How, how but surely you even use it? Surely every time he like yeah, he, he posts sh- a tweet, his phone yeah. just explodes. Yeah. I mean, like like I don't know. Yeah, I, how I, I don't work? get that. Either. There must be some like celebrity Twitter that they all have like some Illuminati <laughs> or celebrity something. Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there must be some service that like can all use. <laughs> Maybe they're all just in a WhatsApp nice group. I don't know. <laughs> nice Twitter. <laughs> nice Twitter. Yeah, I love nice Twitter. Maybe that's what he needs to join. Nice Twitter. Nice Twitter. No abuse. To oh, be yeah. fair, to no, be fair. Hey, listen, no one's ever uh, two-faced on nice Twitter. Oh, gosh, certainly not. <laughs> Never. Uh, I mean, to be fair, like, Ed Sheeran has talked about stuff like this before. He mentioned in a Guardian interview something that, like, I mean, I genuinely felt so sorry for the bloke But he was talking about when he had to get a flight home alone at night from Benidorm once. And he said that everybody in the plane obviously copped Ed Sheeran is on this flight. Yeah. And for two hours... 
just berated him, and he was like two uh, two berated years later. Berated him. What's that? Like like you were gave sh- him abuse? Oh yeah, absolutely. They were like yeah. queuing up for selfies or something. No, 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 no. This is a few years ago, so maybe this is before you know, like he's a mega mega star. But certainly, like you know, he's a pretty recognizable bloke already. Yeah. Does this include the flight staff? Like, he, he, they... said, he said it was the most harrowing oh night my of God, his life. That's, yeah, that he said it was absolutely dreadful. desperate. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all's forgiven, apart from the music, which I don't like. But... <laughs> we don't like the music, but he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a degree. Well, he seems like a really nice there's guy. There's a degree, there's a degree a nice of toxic bloke. masculinity yeah, in nice play bloke. that we talk about. Oh, there is. Oh, there yeah, is, there, there is. Really is. Pro- okay, yeah, yeah, there he's, is. He, All right. He's, what, what is he, Craig? What is Your he? favorite word? Um, what? Problematic. 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 Okay, yeah, I do like saying problematic. <laughs> you do. It's ironic, but now it's not anymore. One man who's definitely not on Twitter. He's but it is problematic. But it's problematic. Morrissey yeah, uh, he prefers to just kind of give his missives to his fan site and they just send it out and then he never sees them again but even Morrissey can't escape abuse on the streets of Rome apparently so <laughs> he said on <laughs> Wednesday that he'd been terrorised terrorised his terrorized. words by a police officer in Rome who held him at gunpoint for half an hour on a busy street um, and screamed into his face. And screamed into his face. A longtime fan of Rome, Morrissey, we know, he's recorded albums there, um, you know, featured heavily in his lyrics, loves the city. He'd returned to the Italian capital, record an album, said the officer unlocked his gun and screamed into his face as a crowd of more than 100 people watched. Um, so he's kind of released this statement accusing the officer of a deliberate act of terror and said he had not broken any law. I believe he recognised me and wanted to frighten me. I did not back down even though I believed he was about to shoot me. I urge people to beware of this dangerously aggressive officer. He might kill you. As someone who's oh. been held at gunpoint and asked for papers before, I like... Hold on. Sorry, what? <laughs> I've told you when I was in Lebanon. This is like... It happened twice, in fact. When did you tell us this story? I've, I've told he was you on his way to Benidorm and he got on the wrong flight. And <laughs> <laughs> shaved his head. Yeah. yeah, this is life in Beirut, mate. It just happens. Um, yeah. Oh, you one. have told us this, actually. Yeah, but, oh, sorry. yes, you have. Yeah, yeah. Carry your papers. That's number one piece of advice I'll give to him here. It's not World War Two or like a BBC <laughs> sitcom version of World War Two, where it's like your papers, please. You don't have to have Do you think papers. Held up by somebody from LOLO here. Well, it seems very strange. I mean, maybe there was a kind of kerfuffle about people recognising him, and Great he was just at the centre of it, it. And this police officer just thought, "Who's this guy? What's he up to?" He didn't recognise him. I don't know. Mm. But Morrissey, who's spoken recently about feeling like he was. Um, like actually assaulted in an airport by an officer clearly he's got a chip on his shoulder about this specific thing <laughs> he's <laughs> got a chip on both shoulders Morris he does how did you get out of that situation again just showed my papers oh okay <laughs> to be honest there's no dramatic denouement there no well no well on the first time uh, Hezbollah gave me a t-shirt yeah. <laughs> okay. It was quite a holiday. It sounds like it. We do songs, will we? Let's do the songs. Yeah. I feel like you're straying into murky waters. He's back. It's Liam Gallagher, and it's Chinatown. Well, the cops are taking over while everyone's in yoga. Cause happiness is still a warm gun What's it to be free man? What's a European? Me I just believe in the sun
So, look, uh, yeah, I like the bit in the song when he clearly, clearly, probably every time he sings his note, he's going to have some serious trouble not going, where were you when we were getting high? <laughs> yeah, because time. this is exceptionally, and granted, we said before with Wall of Glass that it's he should be leaning on his strengths, mm-hmm. but this isn't just leaning on his strengths, mate. This is like reaching down and yeah. just scattering yeah I don't even think it's necessarily like the melody is that close it's that his vocal now goes so naturally to those kind of shine that he can't yeah. do anything else like it really just it like collapses in on itself into this kind of like yeah I don't know karaoke version there's of a great line on uh, Adam and Joe when they were taking the piss Supersonic, out of, I should say, Supernova. when Adam and Joe were taking the piss out of Ray <laughs> Winstone's American accent in the film Fool's Gold yeah. and it's it's embarrassingly bad and they say like because like the cockney keeps coming out and they said that he's it's it's like he's tied uh, vocally with a rubber band to the East End, <laughs> whereas Liam appears to be that, except for Manchester. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a bad song. It's, it's not good. It's, it's not good. But it's, it's not, not bad. good. I mean, like as you say, it is. You know, derivatives all hell. There's a lot of champagne even over a lot of casting a shadow as well. I thought. Um, thing is, and I mean, it's become something of a mantra for me on this show, like that if you're going to strip things back a little bit and not kind of go with bells and whistles, you got to make sure that what is there is enough to kind of shoulder the burden, so to speak. Yeah. And this probably melodically isn't as strong as some of even the slower, more stripped back Oasis stuff that Noel was writing, so. But even the acoustic treatment, it's, no, it does, it's not so much Oasis as like a, it's like a Jose Gonzalez heartbeats thing to it. There's a kind of a more... The other side of the Atlantic, kind of, you know, I don't know, drenched in reverb, kind of finger picking thing to it. But th- can we talk about the lyrics? Which are on screen in the video. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but they're very, like, Kasabian would have loved this song. <laughs> like, this is very, like, Go on, give us an it's him. Well, it's him talking about, you know, the police are coming after us, but everyone's doing yoga and blah, blah, blah. But it's his take on the state of the world. And what's Europe anyway? I'm just worshipping the sun. Oh, yeah, like a, oh, yeah, I just it's great, in the though. Sun, I, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> It's it's as close as he's got in a song if to like it being like his, the way he talks in interviews, which I think further that way, and you're into like Sean Ryder territory, yeah. and we might actually stumble upon some weird like psychedelic genius thing. But as it happens, this is just clumsy and weird. <laughs> I can also just imagine being shirtless in a fisherman's hat singing half of these lines. I can imagine so. you like that too. Yeah. Would you imagine that at the upcoming Sewin Festival where he's headlining a weird? Oh, he's playing an aircraft hangar, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a, what looks like a interesting event is yeah. what I'll say <laughs> <laughs> it's quite strange I haven't looked into it too much but uh, yeah Western Airport I think also is, he played in the Olympia yeah. recently and he had like he appeared to have like in front of him like a, a video screen lectern of his karaoke of all his yeah. lyrics yeah. yeah but he never remembers the lyrics like there's a video of him this and Noel job. talking about I don't know if they're talking about live forever it might be live forever and um, Noel says, did you just talk about Dorian's song he says Noel says there's a second verse that he just never sings live and Liam just goes you what? And like you never sing it. I don't know. You just just walk off stage. It's like I've only seen the first verse. Oh, the, right. Obviously, the guy that just puts the words in front of me is messed it up. And I was just like, "What the guy that puts the word? What you have a little word midget? Like what are you talking about?" <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's very funny. Okay, so hang on. Are, are we expecting anything from this album other than just stock? A little bit in the style. Yeah, d- yeah. proper tunes, proper <laughs> attitude, attitude, proper haircuts. Swagger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bit, bit, bit of nostalgia. I you think guitar music is dead? Yeah, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. And as we've said before, yeah, um, material for Radio X for the next 10 years. I did say that, I believe. Yeah. But will Kelly Okarecki of <laughs> Block Party fame be being played on Radio X or anywhere? <laughs> Craig's having a fit. Uh, as Craig said to me when, when I revealed that this song was out, God loves a trier. This is Kelly Okarecki and Street's Been Talking. Mm-hmm. 
From the palace of Versailles to the streets of Pankamai You crave the dizziest of heights, but we're caught out of the lights The streets been talking By now you should have known that all that glitters is not gold And there are times we must say no, our fathers warned us so The streets been talking So this follows on from Hymns, Block Party's death knell, even though I guess they're still going because they headlined the Trinity Ball, and if that isn't the mark of success, I don't know what is. That was a horrendous record. They're barely a band anymore. Like, they found a drummer on YouTube. They've got their bassist from, is it Metronomy or someone like that? I don't know. I don't know. They brought in some dude who looks like Jesus Christ, which probably wasn't accidental. Okay. Dreadful record. I presume you guys haven't heard it. No. Not worth listening to. Block Party were always one of those bands, you know, pushed very hard by the enemy uh, around that kind of mid-2000s frame. First record's very good. I like the second one too. Third one has its moments. But they were always kind of, it always felt like they were like put on a pedestal that they didn't quite earn. And then it all fell apart quite badly. And yeah. now they are genuinely a joke. And Kelly, as a solo artist, did a weird record a few years ago. But this is, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that first record is very good. The first Block Party one. So it was kind of, yeah. they seemed like they were going places. And I think they've almost been victims of their own, like, ambition to be experimental in terms of they've really grappled with okay we have to change up what we're doing constantly and particularly mm. him in a solo career and it's never quite worked they, it, it always seems to jar whatever kind of genre they squeeze themselves into and like well, LA's done his kind of uh, like his kind of deep house stuff now he's done his dubstep stuff and this like is his nizloppy stage well, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be said it's gotta be said Craig uh, that if you're worried about focus worry no longer his new album includes sumptuous soul uh, yeah. Heartfelt acoustic and insidious dub reggae meets Weimar cabaret. So insidious. This will be a, a pretty straightforward affair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, this is an album outlier. Um, I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. This is just kind of a mess song. There's nothing particularly wrong about it. But it's always the lyrics with him that. Yes, this is the problem. I, I actually like his command on this. I, I, I do. I, I think yeah. he leans into it very well. Although that kind of leap with what you might call a chorus where it goes a bit. Yeah, it's a bit odd. A bit kind of English whimsy. It con- undermines the start of it, which is quite that. lovely. Yeah. I actually like oh, okay. that. I, I actually like, no, when it was happening, I kind of thought, well, this is the kind of thing that I should hate. This yeah. should make my fucking skin crawl. But at the same time, no, I don't know. I I felt maybe it's because I'm coming off the back of that hymns record. I was like, hey, look, at least he's trying something different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, as we said, Blood Party tried a lot of different things and uh, didn't necessarily work for them. Nothing really convinces me that Kelly going solo is going to change that pattern, especially when he is a bandmate that's producing at least part of this, as the bassist did, apparently, oh, great. on the first song that came out a couple of months ago <laughs> and uh, has done more of the album as well. Forget so, everything I said. Yeah, don't hold your breath. St. Vincent is playing two nights in Dublin soon. And you'll so get, is her guitar. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll get the chance to... Uh, have we all uh, availed of the meet and greet package in which we'll get to get up close and personal with her guitar? Certainly. Yeah. What the fuck? Amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But people love her. She's an indie darling. And she's playing two nights, like I said. So she's got a new record coming out. This track's called New York. So 
Clearly the guitar is so busy meeting and greeting people <laughs> that it just doesn't appear on this song whatsoever. This is just a piano ballad. and That, that guitar is selling out, man. <laughs> it seems quite obvious that this is about David Bowie, right? Yeah. Like they were good friends. He obviously spent like the latter part of his life in New York, loved it, became kind of you know, quiet, but one of its most famous residents in terms of just hanging out with other artists and really kind of thrived in the city and they were kind of fast friends and it seems like a real goodbye and it's it's quite lovely, like it's nice. You didn't see her pitching up outside his gaff on the day that he died to bother people, did you, Glenn? <laughs> this is a good song, I like it and I will say, I find St. Vincent to be not quite the goddess, god, whatever people go crazy about. I think she's very Demi-god. good. Saw her open for the National back in 2007 when she was a very folky artist and quite timid. Smash cut to, yeah, yeah smash cut to like recently. Sorry, I've just realised I was at that gig as well, yeah. Really? Yeah. We were in the same room? Oh, oh man. Years before we met. Uh, so yeah, great gig. And she was alright, wasn't too blown away. Smash cut to about six, seven years later and she's basically, you know, David Byrne 2.0. Yeah. Getting rave reviews for her live performances in particular. This doesn't necessarily reflect the kind of stuff that we would have had in the last record, but I think I quite like it for it, and I quite like that it has no kind of real narrative to it in terms of a like, conventional structure. I thought it was good. I went in expecting to be like underwhelmed as always with her, but I really like it. I think it'll be great live. Um, I also can see it very much working as a kind of a moment on an album. Yeah, I don't uh, necessarily we, we, if, know if we're getting a kind of taster of what else is to come on the thing, yeah. Yeah, well, because like the one thing is that you know you have that kind of electronic beat comes in occasionally it takes breaks but it comes in and, and you're kind of like oh this is building into something and then it doesn't and just, do singles matter anymore I mean like based on like what we've just said about the Kelly song apparently being an outlier uh, this can't. being the first you- taste of a record where and uh, they matter in terms of of course promotion everything, but, but in yeah. terms of like picking them like like it just seems like album cuts more and more are being released as singles. I think there's a division between... It's kind of what you're going for as an artist, isn't it, really? I mean, she's probably not expecting to have a crossover smash radio hit ever, so this is much more in tune. Like, are we going to tease the record and the gigs and my fans will enjoy getting a flavour of what's coming up as opposed to, this is a standalone song that I want to make my name by, which a lot of kind of more poppy artists will do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that's probably... You're right. She probably doesn't think, okay, I need a single. Um, I thought the last self-titled... Well, self-titled for the act album was terrific I think Andy Clark's really great um, so yeah I'm very much looking forward to this you got confused trying to describe that didn't <laughs> yeah, you yeah I'm self-titled even self-titled though her name is actually her Annie self-titled Clark. album <laughs> Annie Clark <laughs> <laughs> finally this week in Songs of the Week 
It's Tyler the Creator, and he's brought Frank Ocean along for the ride. This yeah. is a double song kind of thing. What is it? Yeah, two two parts. Okay, cool. Two Here. versions. Well, it's nine one one slash Mister Lonely. Really rolls off the tongue. Here it is. Charm sharp, charm sharp. Walk up in the bars, bars with the bars, bars. Where you used to come and get me with the swatter, swatter. These days you gotta find time, even the night. Nothing, nothing without you, shotgun in the passenger. I'm the loneliest man alive, but I keep on dancing and throwing off. I'm gonna run out of moves because I can go to the blues. If you know any DJs, tell them to call me at nine. Okay, so there's the song, lads. i not mad about it, to be honest. Tyler I, released another song with, um, was it Rocky? Rocky, yeah. Yeah, the day before. Um, also 9 11. And I thought that was better. Uh, well, is it not who that boy? Who think, that boy but yeah, it's on yeah. the nine eleven really or something yeah, like yeah, or yeah, not, yeah, 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 whatever. But um, yeah, I actually think this this to me was more interesting. I like the two different parts, and I like where he's going with the story. That like, I like the way he's like frankly speaking about no pun intended about his kind of depression, about his loneliness, and I like the kind of there's a line where he's just like talking about. I know you're sick of me going on about cars, but listen, I just I get cars because I've got no company, and it's kind of like, and then he goes, yeah, I just buy items to fill you know a gap with. It's like, oh. He he just summed up like everything Kanye West has been kind of talking about for about 10 years. Um, but yeah, it's not something I'm going to constantly revisit. It's got that weird, darkly cartoonish both beat and delivery from him that I think works in this because you kind of get that sense of mental uneasiness yeah, that he, he has. Yeah, he, he does that well. But again, that was a feature of the song that he did with ASAP Rocky and I thought it just worked that little bit more potently. Okay. I've yet to be convinced by the off-touted genius of Todd the Creator. I wish I was. Some of my friends are very, very into him and sing his praises on the regular. And I do like what I've kind of had selected for me, but like, there seems to be a degree of just disconnection here. And maybe that's part of the point, especially given the subject matter at hand. This one really didn't do it for me in terms of a sonic landscape, if you'll right. allow me to be so pretentious. No, I didn't like it. Uh, nothing wrong with it. Just not, I, I, I couldn't tap into it. There's Dave and Theresa May again. <laughs> Common ground, huh? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I just not remember. What? Well, t- Tyler not allowed in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah. Tory now, am I? It's <laughs> two weeks in a row you've, you've made that reference. Not fair, man. You know, I'm all about the left. All right, let's get to the albums that we've been listening to this week. Um, Craig, pick a number. <laughs> How about one? <laughs> let's go with the first one then. Uh, it is Jay-Z. It's all about numbers. It's 444. This is what it sounds like. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga. Still nigga. Still nigga. OJ like. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. House nigga. Don't fuck with me. I'm a field nigga. With Sean Cutlery. Go play the quarters where the butlers be. I'ma play the corners where the hustlers be. I told him, please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama rentin'. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. Uh, I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it. That is the story of OJ, uh, the hashtag problem- problematic uh, tune from a 444. 
We talked about the album Not already. Not going to be played on Radio X. No, you wouldn't think so. Uh, we talked about the album already in terms of its impact and its release and so on and so forth. The question that we're asking now is, is it any good? Well, before we ask that question, I want to talk to Craig Fitzpatrick. Hello, David. Last Friday, yes, you were vehement that we wouldn't go near this album. Well, my point was very much that I'm sick of the title stuff. Um, I don't want us all have to subscribe back to Tidal. Oh yeah, we've all we've signed up for Tidal, by the way, just yeah, so you know. which we've done. Nothing illegal going on here. And, oh, no. yeah, I just think, I mean, with the whole gimmick surrounding the Sprint thing, I was just like, you know what, don't give him this oxygen of publicity. He's a big name, but I don't think he his material has sta- stood up in this recent is, years enough. This is backtracking to a hilarious degree. You were like... He's done. He, well, he's he relevant. That's what I'm saying. I don't think his material has been good enough in recent years for okay. him still to be relevant as a discussion point, apart from his big name and past glories. Yeah, I, I like. I tend to agree on that. I think American Gangster is probably the last full-length release. A decade that, ago now. Yeah, yeah, which is a full 10 years ago that you could really say was a good Jay-Z album. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but I think the way you were kind of phrasing it was like that there was no... We but, didn't do the Rolling Stones album. No, you were, you were, you were effectively Sorry, saying don't give it a chance. I thought like that's what I was getting from you. You, you were like you've drawn you, you drew a line un- under the career of Jay Z, <laughs> and you were like fuck him, I'm done. And it's like I wasn't quite sure where and that. Ju- and just in case he wasn't done, Craig was going to start him off the oxygen of publicity that is a no encore review. <laughs> Take that, Jay-Z, you're buried. Never coming back from this, mate. So, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, I where mean, that Nas had ether back in the day. This is my diss track. Where that, where that level came from of, like, being so, like, like yeah, I, I had to okay, talk you around. Because I think, I don't like the whole, and every review, and the reviews, we'll get to ours, but the reviews have been, by and large, glowing. Uh, Neil McCormack said it was very mature. Doesn't mean uh, a hip-hop album. Says, I, know, that's I thought that would roll Dave yeah. up. Um, but the reviews have been like, back to form, and it is a back to basics thing, and he's trying, he's definitely, I mean, how many times have we said recently, the new stuff he's put out, in last, it's, it's almost verging on embarrassing, his flow now. Like, it really is. He is back to sounding good, He's back to sounding kind of interested, but I do not like the calculated thing around this album. Every review has been like, this is the companion piece to Lemonade. There's always talking about Beyonce. It's so... I don't know. It's I mean, such to be a- fair, you know, I kind of agree with you, especially the way the reviews have honed in on that aspect. Mm. I hope that it doesn't overshadow what else is on this record, sure. as I think happened a little bit with the Beyonce album, where people saw the apparent references to infidelity and just kind of, you know, completely forgot about the myriad other things that she was addressing there. Yeah. Um, to kind of look at the whole thing of, you know, talking about his relationship, about his family and stuff, I think it's far better that it's addressed than be left as an elephant in the room, where I think it would be even more dominant of Jay-Z has released now. Think of the thick Why pieces. The can you imagine that? Oh my God, can you imagine? Oh. I mean, we've had enough <laughs> of them when he's talking about it. Like I say, it would be ten times worse if it had been left out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with its inclusion. Okay, hang on. So... I agree with Craig in terms of is how the method of how he's releasing this plus all the kind of soap opera stuff surrounding it. That is kind of getting in the way to a degree. And I think, you know, when your Pitchfork review has a paragraph dedicated to the machinations of how this album was released and has references to Sprint and Tidal and yada, 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 and not necessarily a critical way, but more of a having to explain kind of way, yeah. that shouldn't be in a review, especially a review on what is still regarded as a you know, high-class music website. Yeah. So... I mean, at the same time, I'm curious about a couple of things. The Pitchfork review is glowing in the extreme, 8.4, which for them is like, you know, us giving a fucking 10 or 11, whatever. Uh, Vulture, which is the New York Magazine offshoot, I believe, uh, they have covered this album so much 
that I'm rather kind of paranoid about it in terms of like what's going on here because the album review was like on their slider thing on their side for like three or four days in a row. And I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure it was because it was July Fourth and they weren't updating it. But like you read that review and it's so. Like it's like a press release, and then they have like other kind of here's everything you need to know about the album. There seems like there was some kind of weird clandestine campaign where he picked the most credible sources, and I'm not saying anyone was fucking like you know coerced to give him a good review, but there's a weird thing about this where ordinarily you think he would get a kick in, but he didn't. Now all that said, I think this is a really good album. Yeah, I think it's genuinely strong. It's decent. It's decent. It's definitely the best thing he's done. Probably since Watch the Throne, aside, but in a solo capacity, it's his best thing since American Gangster. I think his, I think his clunkiness and his awkwardness and his 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 ring rust and the fact that he's like kind of maybe a boxer who's too long in the tooth totally works <laughs> for the subject matter okay. of what he's selling. His, his lack of ability now no, works. No, 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 no. I mean, not a bit of a reach. Okay, it's go on. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Yeah, go with me. Okay, here's why. Because this is the Jay Z sits down and looks at the window album. Yeah, and because of that. That it's, was Kingdom Come, though. He was just slightly no, happier. No, but this is different. This is like... No, I it was 11 po- years ago. slipper shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is... I nearly lost everything. I was once the fucking king, and I have to, like, look over. Like, this is Heavy Lies the Crown, if, if, if you believe that you're still on top. And also... It's Rocky Balboa. It's it, 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 it's yeah. like one last fight. Like 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 this should be his last album. This should be like don't do another one. This is it. And this I'm, is a good way to go out. Yeah, and I mean like you know it's funny that you kind of mentioned Rocky Balboa. I I would always have described Jay Z's style as almost kind of like shadow boxing his way in and out of rhymes. Like you know that he would just kind of slip from one to the next. Mm. That synergy really, we didn't talk about this all week. Always really smooth, <laughs> and that's not here on this record. He doesn't try to do it an awful lot. To be fair. His technical deficiencies at this point are only very occasionally visible. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, he's just trying to go in a very sort of offhand, quite conversational tone, I feel. Yeah. And I think that's also really well offset by the production on this record, which Excellent for the production. first time, I think, is just one guy. No it's idea. No idea. Who's, listen, no yeah. idea is like the safest pair of hands in the game. He's just, you know, Kanye's mentor. He's you, you just get him in. And it's it's very much Jay-Z going, okay, what has always worked for me? Um probably not going to get Kanye in but I will get the guy he learned it all Can off I ask you? no yeah, idea yeah, yeah. he's worked with before Death of Autotune I thought was actually whoa, 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 a great whoa, whoa, when you say safe pair of hands do you mean like as in you will get quality or as you will in, get a, uh, uh, like, he never dips below a certain level of quality he's great no uh, no idea he's great yeah. when you said safe pair of hands I was thinking like well Danger Mouse surely in terms of like giving you a bland vanilla no thing. I don't oh, mean no. bland okay, I mean right. like something that will work to bring me back to what I do well cool, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the thing is though that like he did actually take a little step out of his comfort zone to a certain extent because this is just a little bit on it like murkier I mean, like, yeah. I was going to Some use, people have I, complained of the mixing. It's, it kind of works for me. I um, love it. I totally com- think it completely works. And especially when you consider the way that Jay Z is delivering some of these lines and the subject matter of some of these lines. Like, if this was glossy and sort of, you know, shiny, fancy, slick production, I think it would sound like a fucking financial help book. You know? <laughs> yeah. Make money now with Sean Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean,. I I do think the beats are kind of strong, but there's nothing on it that's absolutely mind blowing. Maybe caught their eyes, which I think actually is maybe one, one of the rap tracks of the year. Oh, it's, yeah. And it's, it goes into his like illustrious list of great songs. And Frank that, Ocean is fantastic on it. And yeah, of course. Um, that aside, everything else to me sounds kind of. Again, I'm not going to say safe, but it's just like, yeah, this works. And the productions are nice, but they're kind of quite repetitive to the point where after a couple of tracks towards the second half, you're like, 
Is, am I here? Like a, a hit repeat? I'd like, like to ask a question, if I may. No, potentially a reductive one, but I want to ask it nonetheless. And I found myself thinking about it, particularly while listening to the story of OJ, which, you know, if you listen to it, you'll know why Cullen was saying earlier on that it's potentially problematic. But it's also quite confessional and mm-hmm. really raw. But it also deals, like, the, like the, the structure of it, the language of it is quite simplistic in terms of the point that it's making. He is hitting you over the head. But what I'm wondering is this. Now, if, if Kanye West or Kendrick Lamar... Uh, or even Frank Ocean released the exact same song mm. the exact same lyrics the exact same cadence stumbles and all would we be hailing that as a work of genius does Jay-Z have a Jay-Z problem I don't think so I mm, think the that problem good. is that when Jay-Z releases a song like this in fact when Jay-Z releases an album like this credibility is what, is, is, is what I'm wondering yeah here, like. but he is basically doing it from the point of view of what by now is really an art collector and businessman and investor number one and an artist number two. I mean, Drake... Kanye, yeah. Frank, all those guys, when you talk about credibility, they're not going to be that. Everybody knows that, you know, Kanye will throw money about, but in a secondary role to his music. Yeah. Jay-Z, for the past decade, has been, you know, an entrepreneur, investor, and businessman number one, and then the occasional sideline artist. Drake said three... Drake, of all people, said three years ago, like, Jay-Z doesn't do bars anymore without four references to art pieces. It's just like, what is he doing? Mm. Um, But he gets a bit more interesting here. I do like the stuff where he's talking about his mother and her kind of dealing with her lesbianism. There's nice stuff there. I felt like he kind of brushed a bit past... Like, I know it's the title track, but I don't like the kind of... The title track um, where he discusses his infidelity and all that kind of stuff, and there's some dreadful dreadful lines in there where it's just like he undercuts actually quite a maybe a studied level of fragility with just really bad puns and it's by the next track you have Beyonce almost as a backing cheerleader going like he's like I'm addressing the congregation and she's like amen and you're just like oh grand happy families (laughs) that took eight minutes to be fair Craig I don't think this was he's back (laughs) no I don't think this was an effort to horrible human beings I don't think this was the musical version of their life put into eight minutes the rap like, version of like Kirk Van Outen's Can I Borrow a Feeling? feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think this is? R. Kelly's trapped in the closet, like hip hop style. Their, their life laid bare. Where, where he's talking about. Did you want a whole where, album of that? Where he's really? talking about wanting. No, but where he's Death. talking about wanting. Does, not wanting his kids to hate him, obviously, yeah. which yeah. is a very serious topic. And then he immediately makes a. Like he's got a child called Ivy Blue. Makes a Bluetooth Blue joke. Where he's talking about the platoon fairies. Yeah, I mean... Like, what is happening? There's also an amazing line Jay-Z. where Jay-Z. He wouldn't have done that 20 years yeah. ago. There's also an amazing line where he's like... Kids you know, change everything, man. He's like, gosh, you know, like, I, I wonder what I'd do if my kids ever found out. And you're like, no, wor- no <laughs> yeah. worries, mate. That'll never Well, happen. they're not subscribed to titles, that's yeah. why. <laughs> and they don't have the internet. But he's got or, good imagery. You like, know. you know, he's got good imagery where he talks about how, like, oh, wouldn't it be terrible if Beyonce and I had to live in the same opulent mansion together <laughs> and not talk to each other? Yeah, but you know what? I'd rather that then you know kind of what Jay and like Jay-Z did have a problem where he was still talking about like slinging rocks and hanging on street corners and you were just like nah man you spend most of your time in like boardrooms and and like not only just in private jets you've actually invested in a company that's now the Uber for private jets and that's why American Gangster worked because it was him taking inspiration from a real life story of you can actually grab credibility from a real life source and the film and all of that Um, but but he seems incapable of looking outwards in a real way surely he can take stock of his life see I did I did, no, 
like he, he can yeah, look outwards. That, yeah. I I know he addresses kind of problems with Black America, but it all comes back to him amassing so much wealth that that's some kind of freedom. Which I get the weird skewed logic of it, but it's just but it comes back to him just having a champagne brand. Like I don't know. Yeah, but at the same time, it is drawing on, like you say, real life investment. Like yeah. as it, it makes far more sense for me to him be riffing about like investing in property in Dumbo <laughs> than it does, which he rhymes three times together. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny, actually, the way he delivers those I'm lines. a Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how Craig started off being I'm so I'm sorry, like, Dam was released this year. Why are we talking about Jay-Z? <laughs> big, big, well, Kendrick, big, Lamar, Kendrick Lamar tweeted, and he said, he said in Block Albums, he said, Master oh, Teacher, yeah, okay. 444, yeah, wow. But you, but you Kendrick, see, who's the nicest guy ever to the legends, come on. Like, I, no. Yeah, but Craig, you see, here's the thing. There's no way that Jay-Z could have released anything like Dam anything like Big Fish Theory that we talked about last uh, week. I know, I realise I'm being harsh. I re- he also couldn't release anything like even American Gangster. He couldn't release anything other the than blueprint. this record. It had to be this. This is it 2017 Jay-Z. Yeah. And frankly, you know, if he had sat down and said, how can I be in some way relevant in this era and at this time? How can my life have something to sort of put into decent songs and have an impact, I think you'd come up with something like this. You know and what I else, really man? enjoyed it for that reason. You know what else, Craig? He doesn't mention Loch Ness once. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Yeah, I mean, you're ascribing a huge amount of thought being put into this record, which has a it song that, which has a song that starts with, mm. excuse me, I've got a little cold here. It's no, like, I mean... Wait a week and record it again. <laughs> no, listen, listen, I'm sorry now, right? <laughs> he sounds all nasally for an entire track. Where, on, he, like, where he makes references to La La Land because he just watched or went to the Oscars last year. How many songs like Kanye West, Black Skinhead, like uses? I know, that, but he was changing the lyrics as he went into the studio. Yeah. I know. I just can't buy it anymore. Maybe like, like maybe albums by billionaires just don't work for me anymore. Even though I really like Compton, so there's two. Well, I guess we're not going to be listening to. Um Who's a billionaire? Quick, I can't think of anyone. Paul McCartney? <laughs> oh, well, we're never listening to Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. He's rubbish. <laughs> hey, okay, hey. Uh, it's getting heated, and we've got another album to talk about this week. That's right. Uh, so I guess it's time for scores. I'm giving it 7 out of 10. I really like it. Yeah, I would go as far as 7.5 out of 10. I think it's really good. I actually enjoyed listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> no ID is as talented as ever. Cauterize is one of the tracks of the year. I'll give it a 6.5. 6. 6 out of 10. Something like that. 5.5 out of 10. 5. Yeah. 4.5. Four 6. 6.5. It was like above average. And I'm, he, it's the best thing he's done next. Craig, all I'll say for this next band is and I, I really like Jay-Z. hope you like that album too. Because if you don't like a record, God knows what it's going to sound like. Oh. What would you give Jay-Z out of 10 as a human being? I don't know him as a human being. As a rapper, uh, he was once a 10. What about a husband and a father? <laughs> Let's move on. Broken Social Scene are back, and so is Cullum's childlike excitement. The album is called Hug of Thunder, and this is called Halfway Home.
first broken social scene. Canadian super band. Mainly because of what happened when very people left, I suppose. Now, Colm, if no one has ever heard of this band before, yes. how best would you describe them? Uh, huge, for a start. There's like about 18 members in a sort of on and off capacity. Uh, you'll know some of them uh, as kind of being stars in their own right, I suppose. You've got Leslie Feist, perhaps the best known solo artist in there. You've got members of uh, Metric, like Emily Haynes. You've got bits of stars. stars yeah. You've got a bunch of spin-offs kind of since then, Do Makes, I think, and stuff like that. Mm. You've got... Solo albums from Brendan Canning, Kevin Drew, and people like that. So, there's a new names, member as well, isn't there? Is a new, is yes, yeah. there is a new vocalist in there as well. Um, and so, yeah, if any of those names ring a bell, basically, there's a lot of the kind of who's who of Canadian indie in the past 15 years or so, I suppose. You are a particularly big fan. Why? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I just love them, like, back in the day, I guess, basically. You know, um, their second album, I suppose, is when I kind of got into them properly. Saw them live a couple of times. They are uplifting and exciting and I think yeah then as time went on I kind of started to appreciate that you know for a collective making music the way that they do it just ties together so perfectly they never seem to get in each other's way there is a communal quality to this Mm. that is fantastic and that's why I was listening to this album at first and thinking god I'm so excited but is it actually any good? So I had to take a break to come back to it and see if it was just my excitement that was kind of colouring uh, my vision or if it was that good. And I came to the conclusion that it was that good. I think this is great. I also came to that conclusion. Uh, yeah, it's been seven years since their last record, uh, Forgiveness um, Rock Record. And mm. I think the problem at the time with that, which was a very good album, but I think disappointed people by their standards, was that Kevin Drew kind of took over as just the overall kind of Musical director, D- musical director, yeah, and uh, as that, it, it was at that stage where people had become big stars in their own right, and people were off doing different things. And for the first time, we were getting things where they were doing vocals in isolation, and there was a sense it was broken social scene trying to do a broken social scene record it was and a getting painting to, by numbers yeah. quality, and still lovely, uh, and uh, some very good stuff on there. This um, was kind of forged after the attacks on Paris uh, two years ago. Um, Leslie Feist has talked about how they immediately just felt this was like very close to home for us um, and the only thing they could think of doing with their lives really or with in any way as a response creatively or whatever was just to come back together and kind of create this communal thing as Colm said out of all the chaos that was going on and they're kind of the perfect band or collective whatever they are for that um, and I think they knocked it out of the park because it feels like that it's in many ways the kind of album you miss, you wish kind of Arcade Fire could now oh, make. I've, you know I've I mean? got that written <laughs> right here. Yeah. I said that if Arcade Fire dropped this record oh, in three weeks fucking, time, people would lose their yeah, mind. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. You've oh, both sorry. fucking done it now. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. take over, Dave. I loved it. Mm, yeah, I think this is excellent. Yeah, and I don't have the kind of backstory that you guys have, and Colm in particular with this band. So it's interesting because I mean, like, they're kind of lumped in with a lot of bands from that kind of mid to late 2000s indie thing and a lot of those bands I would listen to in Broken Social Scene for whatever reason just escaped my attention I didn't quite know what I was going to get into but I loved the title track when it came out as a single we talked about it on the pod recently I thought it was an excellent song yeah. very very curious to see what this would be like and I kind of went in uh, it, actually it's funny because remember I, I got this record like a, a little while ago and I kind of forgot about it and then like was like oh I should probably go back to that and give it a go and you were like for fuck's sake Dave <laughs> yeah you mentioned it to me and I lost my yeah. mind yeah and I finally did and I was just like I gave it a couple of listens and I was thinking 
this is very good. And I listened, I was like, this might be really very good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it is. I've listened to it all week, and I think it's fantastic. You know, it's funny, I must say, like, with that title track, we did it, as you say, uh, a little while ago in the pod, and I came on here and I said, oh, it's really good. And then I listened to it, like, probably about 50 times later that weekend, yeah. just pretty much on repeat, and I was like, this is amazing. In the Arcade Fire thing, though, I agree with yeah. it. I think if Arcade Fire weren't terrible, they might sound like this. <laughs> but they are terrible. Yeah, so. but, but, but what's more, I mean, yeah, you know, there, there, there's a level at which you just think, like, if... And I, I, honestly, I think the moment's probably gone for Broken Social Scene. Like, this is an amazing album, but it's not going to blow them up in any major way. Yeah. And um, I think, I don't think that's the nice thing about this group is that they're not expecting that they've got their own things. They're really just purely enjoying coming back together. And the problem maybe with an Arcade Fire, not to harp too much on about them, is, again, it's kind of that do. calculated thing, isn't it? A yes, bit, yes, Which you so. don't get from this. And that's, again, maybe the Jay-Z thing where there's a lot to be said for when you can see the artist kind of getting out of their own way and you can just connect with the actual thing that's being delivered. Um, and that's kind of the mark of something that's really, really great. And I think this is. The yeah, songs so, are fantastic. Yeah. And some, so some, well something else about this record, yeah, is that like, and I don't think it's really been a major feature of this band before, at least not in their music. Personality-wise, I've been lucky enough to meet them a few times and they are kind of you mm. know, funny guys. But there's a sense of humour about this album and a self-awareness about this album. Protest song. I think is genuinely funny the way that that chorus unfolds. Yeah. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a sense of where before they would have been like, let's all look on the bright side and we can be active. They're kind of like, oh, well, shit just keeps happening, but come on, or we might as well just move along. Or where along. they would like, actually yeah. have written what is a protest song yeah, and, and this then, instead yeah. has a chorus line of, um, what is it, we're just the latest and the longest rank and file list ever to exist in the history of protest songs. Yeah, yeah. And it both is quite funny and produces this amazing like late payoff when the chorus actually rises, as it were, um, it's fantastic. You know, they've got a song called Gonna Get Better, and it revolves around a hook that it can't get worse. Yeah, that's good. That's um, yeah. It's a deeply enjoyable album. The thing is, okay, so we haven't mentioned Twin Peaks in the podcast yet, so it's time. <laughs> oh, shit. There's, there's my Twin Peaks mention. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because my friend Dave recently was talking about the show and how he's so impressed by the fact that David Lynch can get uh, uniformity across the board with all of his actors yeah. doing different things. It's just a huge ensemble. And I was feeling that here. Like, this doesn't feel like, and now it's Feist's turn, and now here's Emily Haynes. Like, it, it all blends together. But, of course, the parts stand out individually, and that's hugely important, I think, for this record. Yeah. But I'm just so impressed by, like, from... Uh, from 12 tracks like it never loses it and the songs are fucking long the average length of like 4 or 5 minutes even yeah. the more kind of languid moments it still has this underlying urgency I think of like I they're all that. really into it and the drums are doing so- there's always something going on I love th- those kind of like classic broken social scene like underwater bass lines which are just so like evocative yeah. or whatever and the guitars is ever amazing it's that it comes, I keep coming back to the story of how the title track was written yeah. and it's actually a Leslie Feist thing this is exactly what yeah. I was going to say she came in with this song from the pleasure session <laughs> yeah and that sounds really wrong. Um, from the writing <laughs> sessions for her well, solo yeah. album, Pleasure. And now I listen to it and I'm just like, this surely could never have been anything other than a broken social scene song, the way that it's turned out. And she was literally working on it while Kevin Drew was asleep on a sofa in the studio, which <laughs> is just like the total antithesis to the last record and all the better for it. And he, he woke up and was just like, record that immediately, bring it all together. We have to make, and it becomes the title track. So essentially he's now like Rick Rubin or something where he just has magical <laughs> sleeping on a couch powers in the studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, just got that real spirit of collaboration of people that are really at the peak at her powers and it's it just is pure it's gorgeousness really 
you can kind of you can try and like describe the different sounds and stuff but it's you might as well just listen to it yeah <laughs> and, and yeah and without, <laughs> you know I mean? like, as well without sounding awfully maudlin throwing throw in a tell in his own review <laughs> I mean I guess you could like but you know what just fucking listen I gave it. everything Dance for that Jay-Z thing mate. just I listen to it 200 <laughs> words Craig Fitzpatrick everything <laughs> everything no, is gone I was gonna say no without being kind of maudlin about it, it it's also like a great name for the title track it probably sums up the album a little bit because yeah. there is something comforting and familiar about it especially obviously if you're a broken social scene fan like i am but it is a kind of happy joyful unifying experience which also can really fucking blow you away at times it has genuine size and genuine impact if that was a u2 album title they'd be already talking about another album called like rope of lightning or something (laughs) (laughs) sorry a fondle of sorrow So I've asked the question about Jay Z. Should that be his swan song? Should this be this for them? Like, I mean, like, do you want another one now, or is this case of like, what a wonderful thing this was? What a great document! What a I have thing no idea. Happens. You see, here's the thing: like, unlike Jay Z, who basically, you know, about well, apart from looking after his businesses, could just sit down and start writing more tunes tomorrow. The reality is, the Broken Social Scene will do a tour for this album, but then we'll all go their separate ways. Presumably Feist will make a new album. We know that there's new albums coming out for Metric this year. We know mm. that there's a new album coming out for Stars as well, I think, later this year, which takes away automatically two of the vocalists. Um, it takes away large parts of their touring band. Basically, it's, you know, if they happen to be in a position where they are all off in five years' time, then I would be extremely happy to see it. I've got it. I can solve this problem. 18 members, let's have a 19th. Let's have Jay-Z come in <laughs> to Broken Social Scene. If you can do it with Linkin Park. <laughs> if you can make it there, you can make yeah. it anywhere. I really love this record. I think it's a. I think it's destined for year-end lists, mm-hmm. and I'm going 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, it sounds vital to me, and that's not something I'd be think I would be saying about Broken Social Scene album in 2017. It's 8.5 for me as well. I'm giving it a 9. Whoa! Oh. Yep. There you go. The, the pendulum swings yeah. with Craig Fitzpatrick this yeah. week. Fantastic. Excellent work, guys. And good work to Broken Social Scene as well. Indeed. So, uh, anything else to listen to this week, lads? I got nothing. Okay. I like that track, Muramasa. <laughs> he's a Guernsey guy. People are talking about him like he's the new Calvin Harris. But don't let that put you... I, actually, don't let that put you off. Maybe that's a good thing now. Worse, I don't know. But did anyway... I, did anyone listen to the Calvin Harris album? Which we no. Were, I actually haven't. I thought. I tried. It only underwhelm me. I tried and I, I, I found myself being like, oh, none of these are as good as Slide or Heatstroke, so... Well, uh, this track features Damon Albarn, so if you're in that kind of thing, it's really, really good. Really it's called am. Blue. It's called Blue. It's very good. Okay, I've been listening to the debut album, which is out next week, I believe from the Dublin band called Fang Club. Yeah. Self-titled. We're gonna, Craig and I are going to see them open for the Pixies in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Which will be interesting to see what happens there. And now, okay, so, uh, do you guys know this band? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. I've interviewed them, in fact. Yeah, Have yeah, you? Them, yeah. Okay, cool. What are they like? Nice guys. Sure. Very nice guys. <laughs> sure, am I sure? <laughs> they seemed like nice guys. I just said they sure. They could be horrible away from <laughs> I didn't say are you sure. sure. Right. I think one of them is a barman in a pub recently where I asked to watch the Europa League final and he wasn't impressed with me. Oh, really? Unless they've gone full-time. I was with you the night of the Europa League final, so... Yeah, Yeah. I I was very polite. Go on. Nonetheless, that incident had no bearing on my approach to this record. (laughs) But I will give full disclosure here and I will say, because we're not going to do a full review of it, so I will say this. Uh, I've been calling them Baby Otherkin for a little while now because it amuses me. And (laughs) I have to say, I'm not going to walk that back. But I will say that it's a it's a lot more in the vein of kind of pixies stuff, for example. Uh, so you're not, retracting? Is what no, you're no, 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 no. There's definitely a baby other kind thing going on here. But they're a better band. That said, they 
have a kind of irritating ability to take one song and drag it over an entire album. And if you've ever heard Smash Pumpkins, Pixies, Fighting With Wire, Green Day... Keep naming bands. <laughs> it's derivative as well. Alt rock from the 90s. No, it's derivative as well, I'm saying. But I um, didn't mind it. It's fine. Well done, lads. All right. I haven't uh, heard it yet. Oh, I was also... I, I went back to Overhead, the Albatross's debut album, because, you know, it's, oh, sure. it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I think if Riss and Gana Family weren't on that ballot, they should have won the choice. I agree. I will not comment. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're in the room. I was. I was okay. in the room. Uh, guys, thanks very much. Thank Cheer you. Bro. Cheers, thanks. Uh, and thanks to our new sound engineer. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Uh, hi, Eve. Woo! Well, we don't know what the episode sounds like yet. <laughs> Look at that. Craig's microphone running and everything. <laughs> we'll see. So, she wasn't expecting that. Totally freaked her out. Okay. As always, we will close with an Irish uh, song and band. This is Fang Club. No, it's not. Uh, this is a new band called Little One. And they describe themselves as post-indie, which to me sounds kind of pretentious. Indie's dead, though. So uh, their kind of mission statement is atmospheric guitar pop. And they like to collaborate. They have collaborated on this track with... Faustina Finnerty that's a great name that's fantastic Faustina Finnerty of Pockets she is doing the vocals on this one the song is called LO and it's it's kind of interesting like it's a short enough song but it packs a lot of atmosphere in and I'm not sure if it's because I was watching the kind of Godspeed you Black Emperor style video accompaniment but there might be something here they played Glastonbury recently apparently it went down quite well and they get the honour the dubious honour of closing us out this week my name is Dave Hanready this has been the Encore and there will be no Encore and we will return next week with reports from Pixies at uh, Trinity Summer Series. And, I don't know, what album we doing? Let's just go. I'm dragging it through. I'm dragging it through. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. See ya.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church VA 844-759-7732. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.